Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Tough day, tough evening. I'm recording this uh, at 1 a.m. my time. The Lakers were eliminated about eh, maybe a couple hours ago. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to this offseason. Got to recap that game. Got to give some thoughts on the season on on a whole and send you off into a weekend with some... We'll try to lighten the mood as much as I possibly can, given the fact that the Lakers season just ended. Let's get to that here in a bit. Final score from last night, 113 to 100. The Lakers once again struggled to score, uh, and, and that was kind of the story of these uh, of these playoffs, the Lakers role players just did not show up, uh, especially offensively, and and you just aren't going to win very many games when you are outscored and 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 wow, I just almost went full Magic Johnson. <laughs> you aren't going to win very many games where you get outscored. Yes, uh, just absolutely incredible analysis there for myself, but. But the ways that the Lakers got outscored, Phoenix was getting easier buckets just throughout uh, the, the majority of that series, and the Lakers need to find ways to get back to scoring uh, in much easier ways than they did this season. And and that's going to fall on Rob Palenka and Rich Paul and LeBron James's shoulders this offseason as they try to retool for what— one might call, you know, the the last couple prime years that LeBron might have to offer. He looked kind of crippled in this series. He he barely spent any time above the rim. Maybe the least amount of time that LeBron has spent above the rim in any playoff setting over the course of his career. And some of that might have to do with the ankles. Some of it just, some of it might have to do with the the Lakers' team makeup and the amount of space that he didn't have down there. But regardless of what 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 caused it, that was the reality of the situation. And I thought, you know, when LeBron really turned it up and played the center and really started forcing things, you saw the uh, Suns' deficit, which I believe got well above fifty or <laughs> well above twenty points. Uh, that dwindled all the way down almost to single digits, but it just wound up not being quite enough because the Lakers dug themselves too deep a hole. And and then even then, when the Lakers were making their runs, the Suns were able to hit timely shots, or the Lakers missed some timely shots of their own. It was just it. This team was just a, a shell of itself by the end of the season and and that's kind of what it looks like when a season ends shorter than you kind of imagine. There's going to be a ton of time and and I'm sure even on this episode that I'm going to spend some time kind of looking at some of the tweaks that the Lakers should maybe make uh at their roster. We have an entire offseason to get ready for that for. But I do want to look back on this season, and and I I'm sorry. I, I know it it seems like a, a cop out or seems like excuse making or whatever. But expecting a team to come off of a championship season, any championship season, right, uh, and then and then resume basketball activities about a month after that, and then ask that team 
to play a bunch of games in a shorter time span than they normally would uh, is is idiocy. It's it's ridiculous, and and obviously we would hope that there would be ways for the Lakers to get through that slog of a season healthy, but it, it now looking back, it always felt like this probably was something that we should have seen coming. And you, you look at the four conference finalists from last year, the Boston Celtics were, were went through such a slog that Danny Ainge said he didn't want to be there anymore. And Brad Stevens considered it such a drag that he called uh, Danny Ainge's job easy. Uh, the, the Miami heat are, uh, they, they, they got run right out of the playoffs. They, they got swept by a team that they beat in five games last year. And then these Lakers get, get beat in the first round as Anthony Davis tries to go in, in the early parts of this game, isn't able to, which by the way, like he shouldn't have been out there. But anyway, they, he, he tries to go, lasts about five minutes and some change, not able to finish the game. Like we said a second ago with LeBron, he barely looked like himself on on for for much of this series, and and you look at some of the role players like Contavious <laughs> Caldwell Pope was banged up. Alex Caruso wasn't able to play in the second half. He strained his ankle. Uh, Lord knows where the bleep Kyle Kuzma went. It was just it was just a a season that if if people want to apply an asterisk to the uh, to the bubble year that the Lakers won a championship in, then if they want to be consistent, you would maybe apply that same line of thinking to a season that featured so many superstars going down because this year was played under such stupid circumstances, just absolutely ridiculous circumstances. In my opinion, you apply no asterisk to either. That would be my line of thought. Uh, but you have to understand the context under which this season was played, and it was always going to be this ridiculous by the end of the year. Speaking of Anthony Davis and his decision or the Lakers' decision to let him go at the beginning of this game and, and let him try to play through it, look, I I obviously am not the, the biggest fan of, of TNT's coverage uh, of the NBA and their, their national show. I, I, look, I think they're really entertaining. They're great when they aren't talking about this current iteration of the NBA. But Charles Barkley calling Anthony Davis street clothes only a couple days ago because he wasn't able to play in Game 5 and then ridiculing the Lakers for letting him play in Game 6 what? <laughs> How does that make any sense whatsoever? Uh, now, that doesn't mean that Charles isn't right on that second point. He was just, it, it, you, you can't play both sides of that coin when you're part of the national media that is kind of inherently pressuring players to play through pain. Anthony Davis never looked okay. Like, he came out, he, he was out there and spent, I would say, once every other possession, he he would look down at his groin and kind of shake his head. Then he got bumped once by Devin Booker, couldn't stop on that play, grabbed at his groin on, on that one, and then 
Uh, obviously, you had later in in you know a few minutes later where he's tries to go up and contest, tries to land and stop, and and immediately calls for a sub, and and I hope that he didn't further injure himself. Uh, Chris Haynes reported that he didn't further injure himself, but I'm sorry, man. Like we saw what we saw. That was not somebody who was just like, oh yeah, it was just a little extra pain. No, he. He he contested that shot, walked back to the baseline, immediately told his teammates to foul so that he could get out of the game and crumpled on the sideline uh, immediately. That is not pain just getting worse. That 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 looks like the injury itself getting worse. And and this is where I get kind of frustrated with the way that professional sports go, where where the, the the retort to what the hell is the medical staff there for uh, is, well, who are they to tell an athlete what they can and cannot do with their body? It's their freaking job. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what you're paid to do is to tell an athlete when it is or is not safe to be able to go. I had Jen on this very show a couple days ago, and she said that a grade one uh, groin strain is the kind of thing that holds athletes out for weeks, plural, weeks. We're talking about days later, and and the Lakers thought it was wise to just let him roll the dice out there, and hopefully this is not something that they got too much worse. The injury itself didn't get too much worse, but it was stupid for him to go out there, and, and you know, the, there's the the— the analysis right now is like, oh, well, he's Frank Vogel called him a warrior and he called him all of these things. And and yes, his heart is in his brain and his heart are in the right place. But at some point, you do have to protect the athlete from themselves. And and in this case, I think the, the Lakers training staff uh, it deserves some some very public ridicule for for really dropping the ball on this one. All right, so uh, obviously that's just about going to do it for this one. There's going to be an entire offseason to be able to look at this roster and and see where things might have gone wrong, see what they can tweak moving forward. Uh, we are going to, uh, in uh, on this feed, we are going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to spend a lot more time on this feed looking at the NBA as a whole, we're in this really interesting spot where Steph Curry gets knocked out by John Morant and uh, LeBron and AD get knocked out, granted by injuries, but also by Devin Booker and, and, and that young star there. Luka is, is hopefully tonight going to knock out Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And you're seeing a potential shifting of the guard a little bit here. And that entire dynamic is going to be really fascinating to look at not just as NBA fans but also through the Lakers prism so that's kind of what we're going to be doing here on on this channel on this feed uh, and then we also have some really cool projects set up for you throughout this offseason that granted is starting way earlier than we might have hoped uh, but this might also kind of feel like the likeliest scenario given the circumstances under which this Lakers season was played. Uh, you are going to want to listen to Harrison and Sabrina. They are on the Lakers Lounge today. I did uh, my, my second podcast uh, yesterday, 
So Harrison and Sabrina are going to look back on the season in longer form. You're not going to want to miss that. And then this next week, we kick off our off-season coverage, our looking back coverage, our looking ahead coverage, all of that good stuff here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed, wherever that you find podcasts. I want to thank you guys a ton for your support, uh, for, for the support that you gave me at my previous job, the amount of support that has carried over to this one, uh, and, and for the amount of support that you guys have given Silver Screen and Roll throughout this season. I, I obviously did podcasting here while I'll, I was also working at the last spot, uh, and, and I have always felt this community is, is, a very, is something that's very near and dear to me and my family. So I can't wait to uh, get a full offseason and a full season under my belt with uh, you guys in this current role. We have, again, really awesome things planned. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We will talk to you on Monday.